welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 251 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Today we're talking about hunger. This is a really common topic that people talk about when it comes to weight loss of how do you distinguish emotional hunger versus physical hunger. And to be honest, I think it gets oversimplified and creates confusion. So we're going to talk about how I think about hunger and how it might be helpful for you to approach it so that you can better manage your hunger and know, is this a time where I should eat? Or is this a time where I should maybe use other tools and work on other approaches? Is this hunger signifying need for fuel? Or is it signifying a need for something else? that my brain is just connected to food, which is super, super common. So we're going to go through just to clear up any confusion you might have about different types of hunger and talk about how you might want to use them in your own life. If you are a physician and you struggle with your eating where you feel like, you know what, I know what I should do, I just can't get myself to do it, or you feel like you're constantly going from trying hard being on a diet to feeling like you don't even know what happened where you're like a busy week went by and I blinked and I totally forgot about my goals or if you really are feeling like you're just so overwhelmed with life with just getting through all of the basics in your days of being a doctor managing things at home where it's hard to even care some days about eating healthy and taking care of yourself then Thrive Academy is for you. Inside Thrive Academy, we take a different approach. You learn how to let go of diet mentality, how to give up dieting, and really design a custom, smarter approach to your own weight loss that actually works for you. You learn tools that are designed for your physician life, that address the realities of our lives, like being on call, like having very high stress days, dealing with really tough things during your days, and then still having to come home and manage family and kids and all those other things. There's very unique things that we do as physicians, and there's unique challenges that we face as physicians that really influence your eating and your weight. And that's why I created Thrive Academy for Physicians is so that we have a very positive place to work on this, where it's not that we just keep adding to our schedule with, okay, I've got to do this more, I've got to diet more, I've got to use more willpower. That's how we often approach it. 
And the reality is there's a lot of days where there's not more of us to give. We need smarter tools, smarter approaches that take less effort, have bigger impacts. And that's what I teach you inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. If that sounds good, if that sounds like what you've been missing and what you've been looking for, then the next step is to fill out an application so that you and I can talk. There's no obligation to this process. It just opens up the opportunity for you and I to have a conversation about your specific challenges and how I could help you inside Thrive Academy, how I would approach them as your coach. Head over to Start to Thrive. That's start, numeral two, thrive.ca, start to thrive.ca to learn more about Thrive Academy for Physicians and fill out an application form so you and I can talk. Okay, let's talk about hunger and the different types of hunger. Back when I was first doing obesity medicine, I did a program for teaching kind of CBT things around food, and they were very big on the distinguishing different types of hunger, like emotional hunger, physical hunger, or just kind of a textural taste type hunger. And it's so nice when people put things into little boxes, right? And sometimes that can be very helpful. But what I found with working with physicians a lot is sometimes we don't know what the heck type of hunger we're having. And here's the thing is often our days happen at such a pace And we've been taught to be so disconnected from ourselves and from our physical bodies or live our lives up in our heads that it may be hard for you to distinguish what type of hunger it is. To take time and stop and be like, okay, wait, is this physical? Is this emotional? Is this just I want a certain taste or texture? In the middle of a day, it might not be realistic to expect yourself to pause and to do that. And so I wanted to have a deeper conversation about this, about the types of hunger and how I actually view them and how you might be able to claim it as a tool and use it in the realities of your life when you are really busy. I would say for a very good portion of my struggles with weight, I had no clue if I was physically hungry or not. And I hear this from a lot of physicians when I work with them is I hear often that I don't even know if I'm hungry. I can't tell. I've lost that ability. I don't know if I'm hungry. I don't know if I'm satisfied. I just know I want to eat. I know I have a drive to eat. And especially if you're a physician who struggles with binge eating, you may feel that way more because that pattern of binge eating kind of takes over acknowledging those natural signals. And if you're in that spot where you're like, I don't even know if I'm hungry or not, I don't know how to tell if I'm full, that's okay. The way I view this is it's all skills. And like I mentioned already, as physicians, we're actually trained to check out of our bodies, right? Like if we paid attention to our physical sensations at all times, it would actually make it hard to do our work. If you were up in the middle of the night, not having slept all day, working, knowing you have to work the next day, and you were really tuned in and focusing all the time on how tired you are and how physically exhausted you are, it wouldn't go so well. (laughs) Like you think, I don't think we actually spend that much time when we're up focusing on how tired we are because we're often more focused on, okay, what do I have to get done so I can go back to bed? But if you were, I think it would make it a lot harder to get through that night. And so we learn that skill of recognizing there's some physical discomfort here, but I also have to keep working. So I'm not going to pay too much attention to that physical discomfort. That's a skill we build. We also build it with emotional discomfort. And that's a different topic for a different day, but where we can just be like, that was a highly emotional situation. I'm now just going to kind of push it off to the side, move on and keep going. 
So if you're in the spot where you don't even know when you're hungry, when you're not, what type of hunger it is, totally fine. Do not judge yourself for that. Do not beat yourself up about that. It is normal. Most people in North America, I would say, are not particularly good at this skill. And if we start thinking about it as a skill, not as like a defect or something you're missing, if you're just like, oh, haven't practiced that skill for a long time, so it's gotten really rusty. Like when we were little kids, we probably were pretty good at this skill, right? Like toddlers are pretty good at eating when they're hungry, not eating when they're not. They haven't really developed a lot of those kind of emotional overlays that can change eating. Younger kids often are fairly good, but sometimes those emotional overlays and things start to come in already. If you think back to what was your eating and your hunger stuff like when you were little, you might start to see when it started to get blurry, maybe if you can remember. So, The way I think about it is we can think about hunger in two categories. One is thinking about hunger, which is eating for physical hunger. So physical hunger is the growly, empty sensation in your stomach, and it doesn't go away usually. So if you don't respond to it right away, your stomach will keep growling, and you might get other physical sensations about being hungry. And those physical sensations make sense. Like if you were to look back and be like, when did I last eat? How much did I eat last time? If you were to look at it objectively, you'd probably be like, yeah, it probably makes sense that I'm a little bit physically hungry right now. Then on the other side, we have eating for reasons other than physical hunger. Now that is a big category. There are a lot of reasons why we might choose to eat when we're not actually physically hungry, right? It might be stress. So stress and emotional eating would go under here. Binge eating would go under here. But also celebration, cultural reasons, right? There's lots of times, like if you think around holidays, where you might eat something, you're not physically hungry, but you eat because it is what's expected or it's exciting because that food's offered and it's part of the holiday and the celebration. Kind of mirror eating, meaning somebody else is doing it. And so you're like, okay, I'll join in. Our brains are pretty good at that. There's all different types of reasons why you might eat when you're not physically hungry. And I think the idea that these are two very separate entities where either you're eating for hunger or you're eating for other reasons is an oversimplification. Our brains are complex. Most of the time, you probably, there might be elements of physical hunger, and then there may be elements of things like stress that's leading to you eating. And the way that might show up is like you're physically hungry, but the foods you're leaning towards are the foods that you feel will help you feel better or are more of a reward after a busy day where you're physically hungry and you're like, okay, I could have that thing I packed for lunch that's fairly healthy, but oh, you know, it'd be just so much nicer just to order something fun in. That would be a combination, right? There's physical hunger, but then there's this element of emotional To use a medical term, I don't love this term, but like secondary gain from the food is maybe a way to think about it, where the food is not just about the fuel and the nutrition for your body, it's giving you something else. And it's hesitant to use a secondary gain analogy because often in medical culture, secondary gain is painted as a bad thing. But in this setting, it's not all bad, right? We get to decide how we want to use food. And at times there will be more than just nutrition and fuel that we're getting from our food. And that's okay. There's secondary levels to the benefits from the food that you're choosing. The trick when you're wanting to lose weight and eat healthy and take care of yourself is you want to really kind of balance those and see what you can do to modify them 
so that they still work for you. So you still get that enjoyment, but also you're honoring your other goals of taking care of yourself. And that's where a little bit of the learning and the practice and the brainstorming and trying lots of different things might come in to find out how do you walk that balance? And for you as an individual with your individual body, where do you draw the line? Now, everybody's different, right? And this conversation came up inside Thrive Academy this week of like somebody saying, it's not that I never want to overeat because I think I probably will always overeat at times, but I want to be more in control of those episodes so they're not happening as much and they're not as big as they once were. And I totally agree with that. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this in my own life of should I be aiming towards never, ever overeating, never, ever using food for emotional reasons. And I don't think that's what I want to do. I think I could if that's what I chose to do. But I actually kind of like sometimes having some freedom and be like, yeah, I'm going to overeat in this situation, really enjoy it, but also know that I've got the tools to get myself back on track. That overeating doesn't have to mean anything about my long-term goals, but I think I'll always have times where I do or times where I eat food that I totally know isn't going to help me with my managing my weight, but I just want to have it. And that's how I choose to live my life. And Asking yourself these questions and finding that balance for yourself is really important when we look at sustainability because how you lose weight is how you need to keep living your life to maintain it. And so if you expect you need to be perfect to lose weight and never ever eat for reasons other than physical hunger, then you want to really think about, okay, can I do that for the rest of my life? Is that something that I can expect myself to do realistically for the rest of my life? Or do I want to find more of a middle ground? And there's no one answer for that. This is a personal journey, a personal questions. It's going to matter what your body is like. So like my body has insulin resistance, which means I don't have a ton of wiggle room. I start regaining weight pretty easily when I start eating more carbohydrate and processed foods. And so when I do allow myself to do those things, I have to be mindful of how much I'm doing or else I do start to regain weight and then I have to work on bringing it off. But it's giving yourself permission to learn your body, giving yourself permission to learn your mind on how it relates to food and finding that path that really works for you. And that's why I thought this topic could be helpful because it's really about taking something that's portrayed as being just very black and white and very oversimplified and being like, okay, where's the gray zone and which version of gray do I want to follow? So there's a spectrum of eating. And I think of it way over on the left, there's like, I'm just hungry. I'm just reaching for whatever's quickest, easiest, that's nutritionally solid to help satisfy my hunger. And then along that spectrum, you might hit overeating where you're still making good choices, but maybe you have extras and you eat beyond that feeling satisfied point for a variety of reasons. And then you might move more towards a stress and emotional eating where it starts to feel like there's a drive where something's going on and you feel driven to seek out usually specific foods. Usually with stress and emotional eating, it's not so much whatever healthy stuff's in the cupboard, though for some people it is. But it's often has an element of, yeah, I really need something and it should be this. Like for me, that would be salty carbs. <laughs> so the stress and the emotional stuff I get driven to is salty carbs. So that can be a bit of a hint that that's going on if it's a really specific you feel driven, but it's very specific. There's probably elements of this going on. 
And then further along that spectrum, you would start to come to binge eating where those are isolated episodes where you feel very out of control during the episode of eating and feel that you just really don't have a choice. You end up eating more than the average person would in one sitting, often to the point of being physically uncomfortable and often with a lot of negative emotions afterwards. And so thinking about them along a spectrum, I find to be very helpful because it's not that it's like, is it this or is it that? It's just like we're shifting and moving along that spectrum. And on any given day, you might be falling at a different part of the spectrum. If you have a brain that likes to shift you more to the right of the spectrum, which more through the stress, emotional eating into the binge eating, it's useful to know that about your brain. It's useful to acknowledge it because what that means for you is there will be some thought patterns that your brain falls into really easily. So classic for if you do experience binge eating is the binge restrict type thought patterns of I overdid it. Now I need to be extra careful. And your brain can be very good at pushing you into restriction very easily without much trigger. But view your eating as a spectrum. I find it kinder. Labels can be very helpful when you use them to be like, oh, that's why I do that way. But sometimes when we're using like a really fixed label, it holds us into a box and it's not always helpful. I find it helpful to think of it as a spectrum. Yes, sometimes I have stress eating, but sometimes I just also overeat. Sometimes I eat for fuel. And viewing yourself as this fluid, I can shift along it, to me, makes it feel easier to change some of the behavior versus I'm a stress eater. I'm a binge eater. Those are very kind of fixed boxes and identification thoughts to put on yourself that might make it less fluid. (laughs) It might feel less easy to shift out of that and shift down the spectrum. You might feel like you have to like climb out of the box and never go back in. And I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's how our brains approach food. I think it's more realistic to think, okay, I'm going to work on shifting away from the stress eating. And at times I might shift back, but I'm going to need to work on minimizing how much time I spend there. And when I notice I'm there, I'm just going to work on shifting back, all in a very kind way, in a very compassionate way, without judging myself, because we are all human. We all have human brains. Our human brains are designed to seek out processed foods, or let's change that. Processed foods are designed to make our human brains seek them out. And so it probably is something that you will come back to at times and nothing's going wrong. Notice how much easier it is to change or to think about changing if you're like, nothing's going wrong with the fact that I'm on this part of the spectrum. If I want to be on a different part, I can just start to work on shifting. Notice how much simpler that feels. So let's talk about what do you do. When you're looking at how you respond to different hungers, when you're looking at why am I eating when I am, the first thing, it's always the first tool, is lean in and get curious. Curiosity with kindness, with compassion, really is the answer. This is how you are going to figure out why you do the things you do. The problem is, is that when it comes to eating, because there's often like so much guilt and shame around it, you may find you hesitate. You don't want to actually look at the eating because we are used to being pretty mean to ourselves and making that episode of eating mean something really bad's gone wrong. And so the skill here is learning to be like, it's okay, I can look at this. I can look at this. I can look at that time I hit the drive-thru. I can look at the time I ate my kids a Halloween candy and I can look at it with compassion. I can be curious about it, about like, oh, what was it that was going on that day? Was I physically hungry? Was I experiencing hunger signs? 
Or could it be there was something else influencing this? Why did I choose that food compared to others? Now, you'll notice the quality of the question matters. It's really common when you've eaten something to be like, why do I keep doing this? That type of question is not helpful. It doesn't give you useful answers. It just kind of builds a brick wall around the eating. This was bad. Why do I keep doing it? And your brain never gives you an answer to that. You'll notice the questions I'm suggesting are different. They will give you better answers. Was I hungry? Why did I choose this food and not something else? What was it that drew me to this food? How was my day going? And here is a power question. What is it that I really needed? Or what is it that I really need right now? That is a really powerful question when you think there may be layers other than physical hunger driving the eating. Number two is watch for blanket interpretations and question them with kindness. So we're holding on to the curiosity here. The blanket interpretation would be like, oh, I just, anytime I'm around that food, I eat it. Again, that puts up kind of a brick wall where it sets you up to always end up eating that food anytime you're around it. It sets you up where that food has the control instead of you. A blanket statement of I don't stress eat. I hear that a lot. And I would argue, having worked in the field of helping people with eating for a lot of time, I think everybody has elements of stress eating. The question is like, how big of an issue is it? And do you think whatever elements of stress eating are there are getting in the way of your goals? But if you feel that you don't stress eat, and yet you're often eating when you're not totally hungry, and you're not reaching your goals, I think that could be worthwhile to question of like, is it possible there's elements of eating for emotion in here? Is it possible something else is going on? If this isn't related to stress, what might it be related to? Again, you'll notice the tone, right? It's curious. It's compassion. It's not about judging yourself. You get to choose the labels and the ways you want to think about things that work for you. You want to choose the ways of thinking about it that feel the best for you. Number three is you want to focus on one place at a time, right? Like you can be like, I never want to stress eat again. I never want to emotionally eat again. Or really common when I'm working with physicians with binge eating is I just... I want to like remove this piece of me from my life and never deal with it again. And that's not particularly realistic because we're dealing with human brains and it gets overwhelming, right? If you're like, oh, I need to never emotionally eat again. That's a big ask. And you're actually talking about all different areas of your life when you're talking about that to yourself. It can be overwhelming and you may not know where to start. If you want to work on focusing on eating for fuel more than for other reasons, pick one place. Be like, I notice when I eat out with friends, I tend to overeat or maybe eat for celebration. And I'm going to think, how do I want to handle that? How do I want to really enjoy the time with my friends, enjoy that social interaction while listening to my physiological hunger cues and satiety cues? If you say, oh, you know what, I do okay, and then Friday afternoon, 5 p.m. on Friday when I'm finally done work, I just feel like I can't care anymore, and I end up eating a bunch of stuff that I chose not to eat during the week. Again, you can focus right there and be like, okay, what are the things I could do to change how Friday afternoons go? Now, I love when we actually take that conversation and we zoom out. So instead of like, if the Fridays at 5 p.m. are your challenge, which it is for lots of physicians, so you are not alone there. Instead of being like, okay, what do I do at 5 p.m. on Friday to change how I eat? I'd encourage you to be like, what could I do during the day on Friday so I feel better at 5 p.m.? 
And here's your challenge is can you zoom it even further and be like, what could I do during the week so I don't feel like I hit 5 p.m. on Fridays like I just ran an ultra marathon and I'm collapsing across the finish line and all I can do is reach for a glass of wine (laughs) and some chips and salsa. So be curious, focus on one place at a time, but really challenge yourself to zoom out. Look for places you can intervene further away from the eating that may have impacts on the actual urge to eat. This is what we do inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. And this is the thing I love most about coaching is that we can find places to create an intervention that has nothing to do with food, and yet it will impact food. It will impact the desire to eat. All right. I hope that was helpful this week. Think through and just notice. Again, take that curious and compassionate approach. Notice your hunger. Notice why you're eating when you're eating. And if you can't come up with a reason, it's totally fine. Like you don't have to be like, oh, this one's I'm stress eating right now. This one's I'm eating for hunger. But maybe notice the gray zones of it. Like, okay, I'm hungry, but are there elements of other reasons why I might be reaching for certain foods? Or are there elements where I might be going for that second portion, even though I was physically hungry when I started to eat? And really notice the subtleties. When I talk about creating ease in your weight loss, I think a lot of that ease comes from starting to learn how to recognize the subtleties. By identifying, if I just make a little bit of a shift, this can start to change without putting a ton of work into it. That's from recognizing the subtleties. I think when we are talking and thinking like in very linear terms, it creates a perception maybe of more effort and more work to create the change. Look for subtle little shifts. And they're there. I promise you, they are there. If you're not sure... Put in your application for Thrive Academy so you and I can talk and I can show you where some of them are there. But they are there, the subtle places where you can make a tiny little intervention and it ultimately helps cravings fade away 100% exist. It's just that you have to go out and get really curious so you can start to find them. If you are interested in learning more about Thrive Academy for Physicians and how to work with me on an ongoing basis so you get this level of expert support every single week and you can get my direct help then head over to start to thrive.ca that's start numeral to thrive.ca all right have a fantastic week guys thank you so much for listening <music>